Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com, and Ocean State Bird Club. Proud to sponsor Talkin' Birds. If the chill of winter has kept you indoors, March is a good time to get back into the swing of things with a bird walk. Ocean State Bird Club in Rhode Island leads free walks all year round, and we'd be happy to have you along. Check us out on Facebook or on our website at OceanStateBirdClub.org. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 772. And we're starting again. Well, here in March 2020, we've come to know the letters SD as representing social distancing. But they can also stand for sheer delight by way of a chance to get away from the madding crowds and enjoy the serenity of nature, the beauty of the outdoors and the magic of birds. So that even as we avoid crowds and maintain that six feet of separation, we can still experience the healing powers of the natural world with our spouses or partners and close family. Our friend Chris Powell in Jamestown, Rhode Island, suggests we might want to promote social distancing, nature nuzzling. We certainly agree with Chris about that, as well as with his other idea that this is a good time to go out birding or to sit at home and watch the birds at your feeders. Good advice, Chris, and thank you for it. We might also suggest that it's a great time to listen to radio broadcasts and live streamings and podcasts and to check out some good websites and uh, social media platforms. Extra, extra, read all about it. In fact, may we recommend a visit to our website, TalkingBirds.com, where you'll find, among other things, advice from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology about how to make these next few weeks a little easier courtesy of birds. And Scott Page's birding memes explaining the difference between COVID and Corvid. Plus, we're sharing a video from CNN that follows rockhopper penguins who've been allowed to leave their habitats at the currently closed Shedd Aquarium in Chicago and wander freely around the aquarium. It's pretty cool. And a federal judge in Alaska has ruled against a Trump administration plan to open nearly two million acres of America's largest national forest, the Tongass, to logging. All of those things and more on our website and on our Talking Birds Facebook page right now. Also on our website, there's something called Podcast Extras, produced by our own Debbie Bleacher, who just happens to be on the phone with us right now to tell us what podcast extras are and about the one that she just produced. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. So, Debbie, what is this podcast extra thing of which we speak? Ah, well, <laughs> we, you and I both know we have so much great material for the show, and it doesn't always fit in this 30-minute slot, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, I will occasionally go out and make... Uh, a little piece for podcast only, so it doesn't have to fit on the air. All right. And you visited a wildlife rehab center on Cape Cod, and what happened during your visit there? Yeah, I visited the Cape Wildlife Center in Barnstable, Mass., 
and I met their executive director, Zach Mertz, and the medical director, Priya, Dr. Priya Patel, and I met some screech owls and one great horned owl, and I got to see how they care for birds in winter. Nice. All right. It's a podcast extra, and you can find it and others. Uh, how, Debbie? First of all, if you subscribe to our podcast um, by any means at all, then it, these, then the podcast extras will just download in your podcast feed. Automatically, but, just like our show does. Exactly. Okay. So just, just wait around and it'll happen. All right. um, but if you don't subscribe, then you can go to our website and to the listen link uh, across the, the listen uh, tab across the top of the page mm-hmm. and go to the... Uh, let's see, latest show and archive. Mm -hmm. And just look down the list and you will see podcast extras along with our regular shows. Listen button, latest show and archive, and boom, there it is. Or subscribe that makes it even easier. Podcast extras featuring our own Debbie Bleacher. Debbie, thank you so much and we'll uh, see you back in the office. Sounds wonderful. All right. Here's our mystery bird. A preview of our mystery bird contest. The actual contest itself will happen a little bit later in our show, but this is to kind of get you ready for it. We want to say thanks to uh, Talking Birds listener and ambassador Paul Gardner from Ephraim, Utah, who says, I would like to suggest a mystery bird. This bird nests at high elevations in the spring and summer and sings there to defend its breeding territory. In the late summer, it migrates to the pinion juniper habitat at lower elevations, here it again sings, this time to defend its winter feeding territory. It's fantastic to be out on a winter's day and hear this slender, elegant bird singing. Thank you, Paul, for this suggestion and for those uh, clues to our mystery bird. Here are some more clues. Our western mystery bird is a mostly gray, medium-sized thrush with a long tail, a short bill, a small head, very prominent white eye rings and buff-colored markings on the wings. Our bird feeds on insects by flying out from perches and catching them in mid-air. Those insects are on trees or on the ground. They switch to things like juniper berries in the wintertime. That would be our mystery bird, and we'll do the contest in just a little bit. Beautiful prizes this morning include the Droll Yankees' cute chickadee feeder, perfect for um, any kind of food. It even has a special height-adjustable dome, and it, it's good for seed or mixed uh, or fruit or, or mealworms or just about anything you would like to put in there. Bonus prizes include the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. That would be the LarkWire app, and we have it for you here as one of our prizes. Plus, a big bag, a 12-ounce bag of delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly Birds and Beans Coffee, all in our Mystery Bird contest coming up in uh, just a little bit on this morning's show here. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. We have a lot of things to be thankful for here at the Talking Birds uh, radio and podcast program, and certainly one of them is all of our wonderful listeners who become even more wonderful by becoming Talking Birds ambassadors and helping us spread the word about the show and about birds and conservation. And this morning, we want to thank Jeff Hartley from Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Thank you so much, Jeff, and thank you for your kind thoughts about our little show here. And thank you to Alex A. from Weymouth, Massachusetts. He sent us an extra note here the other day. He says, I was wondering if you could add that I love being an ambassador 
and enjoy listening to the show every Sunday with my wife, Jennifer, brother, Tony, and two cats named Phoebe and Rascal. Thank you so much, Alex, and thanks for the good health wishes as well during these tough times. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join Alex and Jeff and many other Talking Birds ambassadors. It's easy to do. Just go to the website there, TalkingBirds.com. Get involved at the top of the page is what you look for. And then choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with our friend Nick Lund, who'll talk about his adventure into the world of fantasy birding. Plus, Mike O'Connor in our installment of Let's Ask Mike Live, in which Mike will talk about the idea that with many schools closed right now, there are some terrific and safe bird-related things parents can do with their kids, kids would do with their friends, and so on. And up next, a bird that some people don't like. In fact, most people don't like, but that nonetheless possesses some pretty sterling attributes. It's today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. See my own sweet jewel, what I have for my darling, a robin red breast and a starling. Those Elizabethan song lyrics remind us that today's featured feathered friend, the European starling, has been regarded in other eras in a far more favorable light than it is here in 21st century North America. How else to explain why, back in 1890, businessman Eugene Shifflin released 60 starlings in New York's Central Park and then released 40 more a year later? His aim, misguided though it surely was, was to bring all of the bird species mentioned in the works of Shakespeare to the United States. The rest, as they say, is history. By the middle of the 20th century, the starling had colonized the entire continent, growing from that original 100 birds to a population now estimated at about 200 million. And they're not going away, so we may as well try to appreciate them for what they are. Attractive and interesting birds whose spring plumage develops as the pale tips of fresh feathers wear off during the winter, leaving a glossy black breeding plumage as a result. Starlings are preyed upon by raptors and have evolved a defense in which they form a tight ball of birds, creating an amazing show as this apparently leaderless ball expands, contracts, and changes shape to elude its attackers. Sibley's Guide to Birds describes the song of the European starling as mainly quiet, but with harsh rattling and overall a mushy, gurgling, hissing chatter with high, sliding whistles, like this. That's the sound of a bird that's infamous for stealing nesting cavities from kestrels, flycatchers, swallows, wrens, and bluebirds. But they're doing what comes naturally. And let's face it, we're helping them. Starlings thrive in places we've created, roosting in our buildings and foraging in our lawns. So if you don't like how starlings behave, don't blame the birds, blame your fellow humans, especially Mr. Eugene Shifflin. The European starling, 
Sternus vulgaris. Today's Talking Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again to our show, number 772. We've been mentioning our website. We hope you'll also visit us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Talking Birds. Meanwhile, in these days of social separation, something called fantasy birding would seem to offer a viable alternative to joining a group of birders out on the trail right now. And we're about to speak with someone who not only knows something about this topic, but even took part in the first fantasy birding big year competition and wrote about it on National Audubon's website, audubon.org. That person is the one, the only... The Birdist. A.K.A. Nick Lund, joining us this morning from his home in the great state of Maine. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Ray. How are you doing? Uh, Doing well. I hope everyone is. It's uh, good to be able to say we're doing well these days, and I, I hope you are. And, Nick, I suppose the results of your effort in the Fantasy Big Year competition are clearly revealed by the headline of your article at Audubon.org, which reads, My Brief Rain, An Embarrassing Fall as a Fantasy Birder. Tell us about about it. Sure. Well, let me explain fantasy birding a little bit. Uh, A gentleman named Matt Smith from Virginia came up with this idea, and he uh, let me know just before the New Year's Day of 2019 that he was starting it. And it's a really cool idea, and especially in these uh, times of social distancing, it's about the best way you can bird the world uh, without having to leave your house. So the idea is... Uh, every day uh, you go on this map electronically and you pick a, po- uh, a spot, and then you, uh, when birders in real life go to that spot and bird, um, that uh, all the birds that they see count for your number. So you get all the birds within five kilometers of that spot, uh, and those are yours. And so the game is trying to pick which spot each day is going to have the most birds or the most unique birds or, or the birds that you want. And so the big year idea was that it started on, uh, you know, the first day of 2019, ran the whole year. You picked a new spot each day, mm. and you tried to get as many birds as you could. Wow. Um, and after that first day, Ray, let me tell you, guess who was in first place? It, it says was the one and only me. Yeah, king of the world of fantasy birding on January 1st, 2019. That was my day. Wow. I was on top of the world. Yeah. Um, Is that I did one of not those... end... I did not end on top. <laughs> Quit while you're ahead, as they say. But uh, what 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 happened? You got some really amazing competition there, I guess, right? Yeah, that's really what it is. Um, I'm generally fairly lazy um, and uh, am easily outsmarted and bested in most respects uh, by people who are less lazy than I am. And so there were folks who really, you know, got into this and um, did lots of research and were comparing notes and were, you know, in touch with biologists who are going out to to difficult uh, places to find rare birds. Uh, And so there was a a team of people who uh, did really well and, and easily blew past me. Um, I finished uh, near 100, I think, at the end of the year, um, but, uh, but some people did really well. Um, the, the competition still goes, and I, sh- I really want to point out for anybody who is thinking about playing this, which you should, at fantasybirding.com, is that there's tons of different games. You don't need to start at the beginning of the year. Um, there's daily games and worldwide games, and so um, it, it's okay that it's March. You can still participate. All right. Fantasybirding.com, was that it? FantasyBirding.com. All right. Yeah. And by the way, I think you're being a little modest here, Nick. I believe you you racked up 791 species. Is that right? <laughs> I did. 
all from my couch. Yeah, I ended up with uh, seven ninety one. Um, the um, other people got in up in the eight hundreds and were higher up, um, besting the the actual uh, North American big year record. Um, it's fun. You get to um, think about a lot of different places. People are analyzing weather patterns in, in uh, the Aleutian Islands and uh, figuring out you know where scientists were going. Um, it, it's a really fun way to uh, visit places that you may never visit in real life or, or couldn't afford to or now aren't allowed to. All right, sitting on your couch and let somebody else kind of do the work, but that's a lot of work <laughs> as well. Well, Nick, let's switch topics if we may. You are... Uh, if, if I am using this correct phrase, a driving force behind a birding festival scheduled to take place uh, in early June. We were going to talk this, yeah. this morning, by the way, about birding festivals, but so many of them are being canceled. But yours is not coming for a while, so hopefully that yeah. will take place. Give us a quick idea about it, if you would. Sure. It's called the Rangely Birding Festival, and it's up in Rangely, Maine, a beautiful uh, part of the state, uh, inland Maine. Um, June 5, 6, and 7, uh, we are obviously watching very carefully to see what's going to happen. Uh, we have not canceled it yet, and registration is still open, but um, we're going we're gonna to see what happens. It's an, it's an awesome festival. Um, this is boreal habitat. Mm. So unlike most birding festivals, these are not migratory birds that are coming through. These are warblers and things on breeding grounds, um, singing and, and uh, building nests and things like that. And so it's a great opportunity to see all kinds of great warblers, Blackburnian, Cape May, uh, you name it, but also uh, have a shot at some of those boreal species that are so sought after, like uh, Canada Jay, Spruce Grouse, Blackback Woodpecker, birds like that. So um, it's an outstanding festival. I really hope uh, that, you know, it, it can go on, um, and, uh, and I hope folks can join us. All right. Here's hoping the Rangeley Festival and many others around the country will be happening uh, later this spring. We'll offer updates here as they become available uh, and before you go, Nick, please tell our listeners how they can read your stuff and keep up with you. Sure. You can find me on Twitter, mostly, uh, the Birdist, uh, at the Birdist. Uh, I also uh, post all my writings at nicholaslund.com. That's my real name. Um, and I don't know, a Google search or going through uh, <laughs> National Audubon will work. Um, so anyway, any way to do it during these crazy times. Indeed. Nick, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Ray. Stay safe and everyone will. All right. Our mystery bird contest is coming up here next in just one minute. What's one of your favorite memories? Hmm. Let's see. Well, there was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. I mean, when you're sitting on the beach, it's so peaceful and you sort of forget there's a whole other world under there just full of all kinds of life. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. They kind of reminded me of tropical birds. They were so bright and colorful, just darting all over the place like birds in the sky. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. Our mystery bird contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com.
There's our mystery bird. Thanks again to Talking Birds listener and ambassador Paul Gardner from Ephraim, Utah, for suggesting this bird and sending us some clues. And here are more clues that we mentioned earlier. Our western mystery bird is a mostly gray, medium-sized thrush with a long tail, a short bill, a small head, very prominent white eye rings, and buff-colored markings on the wings. Our bird feeds on insects by flying out from perches and catching them in midair or on trees or on the ground. And our bird switches to things like juniper berries in the wintertime. Some clues there and the sound of our mystery bird and amazing prizes from Droll Yankees, the cute chickadee feeder with the height adjustable dome, good for sunflower seed, mixed seed, fruit, or mealworms. Plus, uh, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. It's a fun thing. It's the LarkWire app and a 12-ounce bag of delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly birds and beans coffee. All the prizes, clues, and sound of our mystery bird. All we need now is the phone number, and that is 781-837-4900. And the urging uh, to call us as soon as you can so we have time for our little contest. 781-837-4900 is the number. Don't forget, a correct answer is not necessarily required if no one does get the correct answer, so give it a try. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor, let's ask Mike live in just one minute. For the birds, and we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about our show and about birds in conservation. My name is Mary Ellen Mastriani, calling from Marshfield, Massachusetts. I heard the ambassador's program described, and I felt I wanted to be part of it. It's a very rewarding volunteer job, the easiest job in the world. I encourage other listeners to become Talking Birds ambassadors to give non-listeners the opportunity to tune in to learn and expand their knowledge and enjoyment of the fascinating subject of bird watching talking birds listeners we hope you'll join our ambassadors family just visit our website talkingbirds.com click on get involved at the top of the home page and then choose the become an ambassador option at talkingbirds.com and thanks I thought the easiest job in the world, thank you, Mary Ellen, was uh, running the Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod. But if I were to say that to Mike, I think he would probably smack me there. Let's see. Good morning, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, running is kind of what we're doing now. You're working even harder now with the given circumstances, waiting on your customers, right? Yeah, we've kind of had to close the shop. Um, for the inside the shop, but people still can purchase stuff, and most of what they purchase is bird seed. So, if you're coming down and and, and you want some bird seed, what what you would need to do is just uh, you know we'll we'll run to your car like a car hop almost, like the old <laughs> you know sonic, and run out and we ask you what you want, and then we pop it in your trunk. We don't let people come in or and even chit chat or anything. It's all kind of done. We try to get you what you need, but. No more browsing. And, and actually, one of the last customers we had was a big fan of, of your show. It was Claire from um, Southie Pot of Boston. She, yeah. she came down a few weeks ago, and she just loved your show, and she wanted to see the shop, and she came down with two guys. I think they were her bodyguards. <laughs> and, and, and she was just so enthusiastic. Oh, my gosh, she's the most enthusiastic person. And I think she might be the last person I've, I've, I'll ever shake hands with because we can't do that anymore. But she was very nice. 
All right. Well, uh, we're now calling it Mike's uh, car. What are we calling? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The car hop. Mike's well, car. The birding car hop. Yeah, I can just see you going out there with your little short skirt on. Right to the cars. <laughs> roller skates. And, and the roller hat. skates, yeah. And a little little peak hat. So what we really wanted to talk about was what we can do here in these uh, uh, COVID-19 days with the kids and how to keep them busy and entertained and stuff. And you have a couple of ideas. Well, I do. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to mention the typical idea that they do for little kids, you know, making uh, a bird feeder out of peanut butter and pine cones. That's, Jesus, those <laughs> poor pine cones get more <laughs> peanut butter spread on <laughs> But I thought a lot of it, and there was, a, there was a book that came out with the birding adventures for kids, and one of them is, I think, and I'm not kidding, I think they stole it from your mystery bird idea. Oh, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're a trendsetter, Ray. <laughs> And what they what they've done is uh, which they suggest you do it just like your show is people and this may be for a little bit older people um, older kids that you you make a list of hints habitat size just like what you do or what it does some of the important field marks and then you present it to somebody else in your family or a friend online or a friend over the phone and. That he or she tries to figure out what you're talking about, and you kind of go back and forth. You pick a bird if it's a if it's a small child, and you make it obvious, maybe like a cardinal or a hummingbird, and the, or you get a little bit more complicated, hmm. like the mystery birds you have today, and see who can come up with that, which is kind of fun. Um, another thing, what we do uh, we do at the store when it's slow is one of the more common birds everybody likes is the northern cardinal mm. but actually there's 20 species of north american birds that have the word northerner in their name mm. northern bob white uh northern water thrush and so you challenge your f- you, you pick a topic and then you challenge your friend to see who can come up with the most uh northern birds or the uh-huh. most birds with america in it like american goldfinch and american dipper and everybody comes up with a list and see who can come up with the most and then you turn to the books and you figure it out who's who's got the most titles mm-hmm. so there's things like that you could just play birding games back and forth all right some good advice here and if you're anywhere near cape cod talking birds listeners go down to mike's store don't get within six feet of mike unless you have money yeah, that's right. Closer. But I tell people, drive slowly, roll the window down, and we'll toss the food, the bird seed through the window. All right, I'm waiting for the pictures uh, with the skirt <laughs> and the roller skates. Thank you, Mike. Okay, we'll talk next week or so. Bye-bye. Stay Michael, safe, everybody. Yeah, Mike O'Connor at the Bird Watchers General Store. Back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. There's our mystery bird. Uh, what is it? We hope you'll tell us or take your guess at 781-837-4900. We have that big flock of prizes from Drill Yankees and the Lockwire app. And the Birds and Beans coffee, our mystery bird, a medium-sized thrush, mostly gray with a long tail, a short bill, a small head, very prominent white eye rings and buff-colored markings on the wings. And Jennifer is in Weymouth. Massachusetts with a guest for us there. Uh, good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. You sound very chipper and very healthy, I'm happy to say. Yes, definitely healthy. We're, we're here in Weymouth, and we have our bird feeders out on our, outside our window. 
All right. So we're enjoying. We watch every, um, we listen every week. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. And how about our mystery bird, uh, Jennifer? What do you think? Um, we're guessing the Townsend Solitaire. Townsend Solitaire sounds like a correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Absolutely right. Thank you, Jennifer. Enjoy those uh, birds at the window and uh, stay on the line, and Jesse will arrange to send you all those nifty prizes. Thank you so much, Ray. Thank you, Jennifer. There in Weymouth, Massachusetts, correctly identifying the Townsend Solitaire. Townsend's. It's a possessive Townsend's Solitaire. We mentioned about them consuming a lot of berries to survive the winter. One study says they need to eat between 42,000 and 84,000 juniper berries to make it until spring. Wow. Next week on our show, we'll welcome the man who may be the greatest birdsong expert on the planet, Don Kruzma, will be with us. Stay safe, be healthy. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And Ocean State Bird Club. Proud to sponsor Talking Birds. If the chill of winter has kept you indoors, March is a good time to get back into the swing of things with a bird walk. Ocean State Bird Club in Rhode Island leads free walks all year round, and we'd be happy to have you along. Check us out on Facebook or on our website at OceanStateBirdClub.org. Ocean State Bird Club.